he was a dynamic leader who thought his people needed to be delivered from sin. Doomsday cult leader Rock Terriel sought to guarantee his followers a spot in paradise after what he thought would be the imminent end of the world. The anthill kids appeared to the outer world to be just another commune of hippies living off of their own resources and baking in the gorgeous Canadian woods. But the chilling reality of life inside the doomsday cult led by Terriels was far more sinister. The horrifying reality of what was transpiring at Burnt River, Ontario was only made clear when one of his followers managed to flee after being severely beaten and abused and informed police of the truth of life as an anthill kid. Join us as we discuss Rock Terriot and his cult, the Anthill Kids. Well, hello, our fellow weirdos. It's Dom. And Amy. And welcome to episode 39 of Horror House True Crime and the Macabre. We hope that you are all very well on this day, whether that's Thursday or Friday, depending on whenever you're listening. And remember, dear listener, that you, yes, you, are amazing and wonderful. And you obviously have amazing taste in shows because you're here with us. And we are so very, very glad to have you here. Amy, how the bloody hell are you today? I'm having such a great day, Dom. I can't even begin to tell you how <laughs> fucking great today is. It's just brilliant. Days like today are the days that I live for. And if I sound sarcastic, listeners, it's because we've attempted to record this episode <laughs> four fucking times. <laughs> has, it been, has it been four? <laughs> This out. is the fall. Yeah, this is uh, the fall. And um, that's why, <laughs> you know, this time it's going to go perfectly. We're going to do it incredibly well and nothing's going to go wrong. And that's what I choose to believe. Please, please don't manifest anything into existence, please. <laughs> so, Amy, this week you, my lovely, are going to be covering our wonderful Patreon account. So tell the lovely people about the Horror House Patreon. Yeah, not gonna lie, I forgot that I was introducing the Patreon today, but I know that we have one and it has various tiers <laughs> that you can subscribe to monthly. They are various prices, the first one being quite cheap and the highest one being not as cheap, but still cheap and very much value for money because you get not only early access to episodes, but bonus episodes and ad-free episodes. That's just pure me and Dom in your ears all the time, as many times as you want, um, for a monthly fee. Or you can pay a yearly fee, cancel it straight away so it doesn't renew and sneak out of your bank account without you looking, but still get a year's worth of early episodes, ad free episodes, bonus episodes, still get a year's worth of us. And it's just, it's just a fantastic system. Fully appreciate Patreon. And um, I don't know if I've missed any information about it. But we definitely have one. It's definitely there, and you should definitely sign up to it. Absolutely, there is. We all we also do have a Patreon, I believe. Isn't that right, Amy? Like a Patreon. Wait, what? Like Didn't I just say that? Oh, we do. No. Yes, we have. Sorry, what? I was very confused. 
Yes, we do. We we have a patron, the lovely Laura. Thank you. Thank you for being a patron. We very much appreciate it. And I'm sure you enjoy listening to us, or at least I hope you do. I was put on the spot for that, in case you hadn't guessed. <laughs> that was... Uh, you didn't do that I'm in the sorry. first three takes. That was probably a bit harsh of me to just... I wanted to keep you on your toes this time. But we also have something else. And obviously, normally, Amy takes takes the the ball for this one. I, uh, I'm i taking the reins on, on her baby today. So hopefully, I don't fumble the bag and just... Yeah, hopefully, it, it goes well. Um, so in addition to the Patreon account we also have another way that you can support us from a financial side of things and this one is called buy me a coffee so what is buy me a coffee i hear everybody asks so unlike with patreon which is obviously a monthly sort of subscription model slash yearly subscription model with buy me a coffee you can still financially support us but but there is no subscription it is a one-off sort of donation you could say um for about as much as a cup of coffee so you can you can buy us one coffee you can buy us two coffees you can buy us three coffees or you can to your heart's content you can buy us as many coffees as 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 you wish and you can chuck us some money um and it's a great way to support the show it means that we can continue to produce content also means that potentially we can go to you know a true crime podcast festival, potentially. Just saying, just saying. Maybe. Send send Horror House, True Crime and the Macabre to festivals. <laughs> um, but yes, that is the Buy Me A Coffee link. It's a great way to support us. And there is no monthly subscription. It is a one-off payment of, you know, I don't know, six pounds, for example. So two coffees. And then you can give us also, you can also give us a little, a nice little message as well. Nice little message, like my mum did. I can't remember what she put, which is really bad. Sorry, mum. I can. I I can remember what she put. (laughs) She put, have a coffee on me, my dear. And it was lovely. Thank you, Yvette. At least I remember. (laughs) Uh, I'm never having mum on this show because it's just going to be you and her ganging up on me. (laughs) I'm joking, mum. You are welcome on the show. Anytime you... Yes, of course you are. Don't be frightened of our love dorm. It's fine. Me and Yvette are going to get on like a house on fire. <laughs> on to this week. So this week, we are doing cult shit. We're a cult from Canada, of all places. Mild, mannered Canada has cults. Who, who'd have thought? The Ant Hill Kids was one that I had never heard of uh, until a few days ago when I watched a YouTube video that briefly covered the leader of the group, um, a man who severely needs a toupee. Anything. That would have been a very good investment. <laughs> Like I didn't know. So the problem is, we're, we're doing this thing where I don't tell Dom what the subject's going to be of episodes that I lead, and he doesn't tell me the subject of episodes that he's going to lead. So the teaser Tuesday is equally as teasing for me as it is for anyone else. So I'm looking at this guy thinking, okay, we're just discussing an ugly man. Is that is that what we're doing this week? Because that's not crime. <laughs> it's not a crime to be ugly. I was very just confused. To- we're just we're just discussing an ugly man. Yeah, he he's kind of all forehead and beard and nothing else. Like just yeah, I mean there is a hairline. <laughs> it's just that you need a telescope. There is to a see hairline. It. Man was losing that battle against his hairline. Just severely. shave it. If you're getting to that point, <laughs> just, just just get yeah, rid of it. There's no yeah, shame in it. Just do it. Hundred percent. So before we get talking about 
the cult and its leader, this man, oh, I'm not even going to call him a man, just a shit stain on society. I haven't done this in a while, but this is going to come with all the trigger warnings. So this is going to be a trigger warning with regards to uh, physical, sexual and emotional abuse of both adults and children. There will be torture discussed as well. And pretty, I mean, no torture is good torture, but this is like some of the worst that I've ever sort of come across. We obviously we're going to keep it as we're going to be light where we can be. Uh, but yeah, there there are going to be parts where it's going to be it's going to be pretty rough. Um, so if that is going to be too much for you, certainly understand. You might, you know, if you want to be like, right, I'm going to sit this one out, and then you know I'll tune in next week. We won't begrudge you. So yeah, but we'll we'll do what we can to we'll make sure to be we'll make sure it's as painless as possible. And also, I want to do my own disclaimer. It's nothing about trigger warnings. It's nothing as, you know, intense as that. But I do want to say that I am a nervous laugher. Like, I'm I'm the person that's laughing at the funeral. I'm the person that I, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to laugh. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be a few moments in this where I'm a shock. And it's probably going to be by something really horrific because yeah. I don't shock easily. And if I laugh, it's not because it's funny. It's just because I'm nervous and awkward. Just wanted to put that out there before anyone, yes. you know, accuses um, me of being an absolute monster. So, are you ready, Amy, to to get Colsey? Think so. I just don't know anymore. But I think, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So, Rock Terriot was born into a French Canadian family on May the sixteenth, nineteen forty-seven, in Sigourney, Quebec, Canada. Nothing to do with the Sigourney Weaver. This man. We're not going to put him in the same conversation as is the goddess that is Sigourney. Is it the Weaver. same That's, thing? It's not is going it to happen. Sigourney, is it spelt the same? I'm just wondering if Sigourney it's Weaver was named after S-A-G... this place in Canada. Uh, uh, possibly. So this place in Canada is spelled S-A-G-U-E-N-A-Y. So it might be Sigourney. Sigourney? Yeah, I don't know. But nothing to do with Sigourney Weaver, who's an absolute um, goddess. And, yeah. and nothing to do with the cult leader. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is far from... Sigourney Weaver. Um, so he was born in uh, Sigourney, or Sigourney, one of the two, uh, Quebec, Canada, and he was raised in the Thetford Mines. So according to his memoirs, his father, who, as we will find out in this little point, and then a little bit later on, was gunning for the Father of the Year award. Uh, his father, uh, according to his memoirs, uh, would beat him so severely as a child that it left internal damage. However, as is the case with most cult leaders, Terriot was a pathological liar. So it can be hard to tell exactly what his childhood was like. That that could be true. That also could be something that he just conjured up to, I don't know, get sympathy from people and maybe get some followers from it, potentially. Yeah, I mean, I think that's likely. You're much more likely to follow someone if you feel a bit sorry for them. Yeah. No, yeah, true. Um, so, you know, it, it could have been a way for him to sort of garner um, sympathy. And, you know, as we find out, he is just a classic narcissist. So obviously, you know, any sort of love and attention that he can get, I'm sure he would want it. But at the same time, his dad also sounds like a bit of a shitbag. So it's very possible that he probably could have been beat as a child. Yeah, it's it's difficult to tell just because of, you know, the sort of guy that Terriel is, what his 
fact and what is fiction. His memoirs, for his, for instance, describe a moment which is most probably fiction, I'm just going to say, um, describe a moment where he encountered a bear in the woods. He would claim that the mother bear chose to raise him as one of her own cubs, and he would spend an entire afternoon living amongst the bear pack. So yeah, that's that one's probably bullshit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all right, mate. <laughs> we, we've all we've all done teddy bears picnic, you know. It's it's just yeah. a, it's just a nursery rhyme. It's not real. What a nod. Oh, it is. <laughs> yes, that's that's what mother bears do. Uh, like actual <laughs> bears, actual real life fucking grizzly bears. They decide to take on a human child for an afternoon because that's long enough for them to be like. Yeah, you're cool. Off you go. Carry on about your life. Oh, what a, what a knob. What a weird thing to lie about. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's funny. I just like, what a story. Yeah, I just had afternoon tea with a pack of bears, just as you do. Just a normal a normal Thursday afternoon for Rock Terriel. Like, come on, mate. What sort a weird excuse. <laughs> like, you, you go to a picnic and snatch a sandwich <laughs> off someone and just be like, oh, sorry, I was raised by bears. What are you going to do? It makes no sense. <laughs> um, so while this is a highly likely a made-up story from a skilled uh, storyteller, oh, there yeah, are some certain <laughs> absolutely. Um, there are some certainties in Rock Terriot's upbringing that may have laid the groundwork for his eventual sadism. For example, um, his father, yet again, gunning for that Father of the Year award. Uh, was known well known for forcing his kids to kick each other in the shins as hard as they possibly could until one of them would end up begging the other to stop because that accomplishes something. I don't know what that accomplishes. According to his dad, it accomplishes something. I don't know what. What a fun thing. I mean, that sounds great. I have no it's idea how like... we win. I, I don't know, you know, what the end game yeah. is. Like, but I'll I'll give it a go. Sure, I mean Dom. After this, do you want to do you want to play? You know, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna win. <laughs> when we see each other, shin kicking competition. Yeah, Tank that's... can be the judge. Oh yeah, I mean Tank. To be fair, Tank head butted my shit. Tank is my dog. Sorry, listeners. Tank is my um 16 week old <laughs> Labrador puppy. But he head butted my leg the other day, and it was right in the shin, and I've got a huge bruise. So I think if he's going to be the judge, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he knows he knows his his shin kicking slash headbutting. But I just Correct. I don't understand. Like, how is there a winner? At the end of the day, both people are getting their shins kicked in. Who wins in this situation? Everyone's got sore <laughs> like, shins. Who? Nobody wins. I assume it's like a character building. Nobody thing. wins. Like you know where I don't know the the dad sends them to. I don't even know, like scouts or, you know, whatever. But it's to build characters yeah. to make you like a well-rounded human. I mean, maybe it's something like that, but I'm not sure how being kicked in the shins makes you a well-rounded human. That's it. It's just, it sounds like it's some sort of fucking macho bullshit. Like, whoever caves first is not a real man. Like, is if you, you're a pussy if you, if you tap out. And it's just like, mate, you're telling your kids to, boot each other in the fucking shins like what the fuck's wrong with you plus that's not relatable to real life like at what point in your life are you ever going to be in a situation where 
someone is repeatedly kicking your shin. That just doesn't happen. Exactly. Like it's not like it's not say you're like going to fucking walk out of Tesco and there's just going to be someone being like, ah, cool, let's kick you in the shins. Just like no, what's wrong with you? Uh, Terry Oates, who was highly clever when he was younger, quit school in the seventh grade and started teaching himself the Old Testament of the Bible. Terriot thought that the conflict between between good and evil would soon bring about the end of the world, like any good cult leader would. Terriot would change his religion from Catholicism to the Seventh-day Adventism and started following the church's regular holistic teachings, which promoted a healthy lifestyle devoid of unhealthy foods and cigarettes. That's probably the most positive thing that I've actually been able to write down about this man. That he ate healthy and he didn't smoke. That is, the bar is on the floor. Yeah. I mean, I don't think being a non-smoker makes you a good person. I mean, this this guy is literally proof of that. But, you know, if all you can say is, hey, <laughs> I, I eat well, then you're pretty sure you're a piece of shit, if that's the case. 100%. Um, you know, and, and me and Amy both smoke and we're... we're you know, I'm I'm a decent person. Amy is a whole lot of lovely. Aww. And we haven't turned out to be that like absolute really nice. dicks. When, when you said, I'm a decent person and Amy is, I fully expected the end of that sentence to be a fucking dickhead. But thank you. I tried to be <laughs> yeah, That's okay. You're, 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 you're solid. In 1977, Terrio established the Anthill Kids in Santa Marie, Quebec. He was successful in persuading some people to abandon everything and join him in establishing a religious commune by identifying himself as, drum roll, blah, 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 a prophet. Because of course he did. You know, of course he's a fucking prophet. Like, <laughs> I just did the biggest eye roll Right. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's got all the qualifications. He's a narcissist, number one. Number two, he's been raised by bears. Number three, he's read the Bible. The Bible, complete it, mate. Clearly, he's a prophet. Those are the only <laughs> three qualifications good. you need, and everyone knows that. Uh, Rock explained that he did that he did it so people would uh, freely listen to his lectures of inspiration. Um, his original message, uh, obviously, was based on the Seventh Day Adventist Church, uh, as we said, which emphasised a healthy lifestyle devoid of cigarettes and unhealthy foods. However, uh, his teachings would gradually change and he would start becoming increasingly paranoid, though it was happening slowly enough that it would probably it probably wouldn't have been obvious unless you were listening to his inspirational talks every day. According to uh, Rock, God would tell him that the world would end in 1979. So he moved the commune to, uh, oh, Jesus, uh, to St. Jogs, Jogs? Jogus, one of those Saint Jugs. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, he moved the commune to uh, to Saint Jugs to a location on a mountainside he called Eternal Mountain, where he said they might all be rescued. So the Ant Hill Kids uh, would get their moniker uh, because Rock would sit back and watch his followers build his commune, and thought they all looked like little ants building an anthill, hence the name Anthill Kids. This man was too good to pick up a fucking shovel and help. So he was like, I'm just going to sit back and I'm just going to watch these people. Yeah. just going to build their commune. And they look like ants. So 
what a fucking prick. <laughs> like, yeah, pick I, up I a think fucking he's got a bit of a, like There's a bit of a god complex there, I think. Like, I'm going to watch them. Oh, absolutely. And then to, to name the ants as well, because, I mean, don't get me wrong, ants are hard workers. Like, they've got, you know, a good reputation for that, I guess. But you can't, like, refer to other human beings as ants. And, and apparently right. the whole cult right. was just like, yeah, that's cool. What a cool name. Let's go with it. Just, oh, just this guy, honestly. Fucking hell. It's so crazy. this this fucking guy, this fucking guy. <laughs> so yeah, uh, people began to doubt uh, Terry Oak's judgment in February 1979 when, surprise, surprise, the apocalypse would fail to materialize. Shocker, I know. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> The world didn't end. What a fucking Crazy. <laughs> uh, but he defended himself by claiming that because time on Earth and in God's world were not parallel, the prediction was not correct. Right. Sure. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure God would have given you the right time when he took the initiative to reach out to you, to let you, just you, random man in Canada, to let you know that the world's going to end. I'm sure he didn't overlook the time difference. Oh, dearie me. So uh, to expand the community, as well as keep members devoted, uh, Terry Oates would marry and impregnate all, I'm going to say that again, all of the women, and would father over 20 children with nine female members of the group. So he's just a horny guy. Holy shit. I mean, yeah. good for him. His his yeah. um, um his seed is clearly potent. I don't think I put this in the notes, but I did remember seeing that like he he had one massive dick. So oh, I no. guess yeah, he probably That's had such some a powerful shame. sperm. That's such yeah. a shame. Why do the big dicks have so to be wasted on the utter fucking arseholes? That's my question. Sorry, I mean this is an off podcast <laughs> talk, but generally. <laughs> Don't be a dickhead and have a massive dick. It's just not fair. Oh, 100%. Um, you know, and, you know, going back to the start of the episode, he was known as, you know, a storyteller. So that could be the biggest load of bullshit in the world. It could be a micro penis for all we know. It could be fucking tiny, but who knows? Um, I mean, to be fair, if he impregnated so... that women, it's probably not a micro penis. But anyway, we've yeah, spent a lot of time talking about his um... penis. We should probably move on. <laughs> we've spent so much time talking about this bad dick. So yes, he fathered over 20 children with nine female members of the group. And by the 1980s, there were roughly around 40 uh, members, I believe. So in order to uh, symbolize equality and their, their adherence to the commune, followers were required to wear matching tunics. And the group would move from Quebec to a new location in the vicinity of Burnt River, which is a hamlet in central Ontario. Uh, that is now part of the city of Kawartha Lakes in 1984. And it was soon after uh, this move that Rock would start carrying out some of the most brutal acts of torture in history, and certainly some of the most brutal acts of torture that I've ever come across. Um, so I think this is a good time for a quick commercial break. What do you think, Amy? Yeah, I feel like I need to brace myself before the um, the torture begins. So yeah, let's take a break. Yes. Uh good. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good shout. Um so we will see you back here in a few. Hey you. Yeah, you. The one hearing us right now. Welcome to Cryptic Soup. I'm Thena. And I'm Kylie. We wanted to say hey and tell you about our podcast. It's a podcast we both host where we talk crimes, cryptids, murders, 
and a lot of wild stuff in between. You can find Mothman, Jeffrey Dahmer, SeaWorld, Spectrophilia, Casey Anthony, or even Skinwalker Ranch to be just a few of the crazy topics we cover. We even do some fun urban legends to make you feel like a kid at the campfire again. We're just two best friends hanging out, diving into all the things that your coworkers think you're a weirdo for wanting to talk about. We have a new episode every Tuesday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we're always open for case suggestions. Our Instagram is at CrypticSuitPod, where our DMs are always open, so slide on in. We always want to hear your opinions about any cases and episodes we cover. You can find our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and most podcasting platforms. At Cryptic Soup Pod, the menu is always overflowing with crazy topics you'll want to hear about. So join the conversation today and come hang out with us. Stay tuned. Hey, true crime listeners, check out our podcast, I Said Goddamn. We're a true crime comedy podcast hosted by two besties who like to share messed up cases that make you say goddamn. Every Sunday, we try to one-up each other's story by sharing a horrific case the other has never heard of. Along the way, we splash in some wildly inappropriate jokes and colorful language. Listen every Sunday from any of your favorite podcast directories. Also, follow us on Twitter at ISGDpodcast or visit our website, isgdpodcast.com. And now back to the episode. So it's here that we're going to talk about the just straight horrific abuse and torture that the members of the group were subjected to. As I said, full disclosure, it's going to get extremely rough. Be aware that this next section in places isn't going to be particularly pleasant to listen to. So after the cult was founded, Terry Holt started started to become less of a motivating leader as his drinking problem would develop. He also started to become more authoritarian over his followers' lives and irrational in his beliefs. Uh, For example, without his consent, members were not permitted to speak to one another or engage in sexual activity with one another without his permission. So, yeah, that sort of gives an idea of what we're going to be dealing with. That's that's a lot, like... (laughs) Yeah. Surely they needed to speak to each other a lot as well. So he's probably getting a lot of requests to speak to someone else. Well, that's I'd, it. I'd quite like to know what the formal process like... is behind that. Is there like a form that you have to fill in? How much paperwork is he doing as a result of <laughs> needing to speak to someone else? But it's, I mean, like you say, it's, you know, it's a cult. What, so you're just going to stop people talking to each other without your explicit permission? How does that even work? How How can you police that? That's, no, you can't be everywhere. You can't be hearing all of it all the time. Yeah, I mean, he's not thought that all the way through. And as an incredibly sane man who's clearly, you know, definitely not got a screw loose, he really should have thought (laughs) about that. Yeah, he should have brainstormed that one a little bit. Uh, So none of the other members would openly question Terry Orch's judgment or place blame for any harm uh, on him done to their bodies, minds, or emotions. Instead, uh, you know, just like any good cult leader a la jim jones and all the other ones he would utilize his charisma to mask his increasingly violent and erratic behavior uh rock terry would give two fundamental justifications for the brutal punishment he would inflict on the commune 
Number one, he was so confident in his abilities as a surgeon, that will come up again, um, that he performed castrations and amputations without the use of anesthetics. More importantly to him, however, was the belief at the core of the anthill kids that stated that in order for a person to have a pain-free afterlife, they must suffer greatly while alive. Oh, mm, Christ, that's not really? something that you want to hear, is it? <laughs> no, it's really not. Like, n- nothing um, good comes yeah, after really hearing not. that. Not at all. Um, so, uh, in truth, obviously, this man was just a, a sick sadist and the cult existed only to gratify his most twisted dreams and appetites. Rock saw punishment for wrongdoing as cruel and frequently sadistic. Uh, he would spy on his followers before claiming that God had spoken to him and revealed their transgressions. As punishment for their, quote, misdeeds, uh, he would beat them with a belt or hammer or hang them upside down and pluck out their hair, one hair by one, which is Shit. horrendous. I mean, how much time has this guy got horrendous. in his hands? Imagine. Like, don't get me wrong, that is I, that's I horrible know. for the person involved. But also... Like plucking out hairs one by one. That takes a lot of time. Like this guy is putting a lot of work on himself to improve torture. You would have to clear your diary for that one, wouldn't you? A hundred percent. Like, I, I'm sorry, I can't do anything for the next two to three business days because I'm busy plucking out hairs one by one from this woman that talked to someone without my permission. What a fucking psycho. Yeah, what an absolute... He's just a straight up fucking... Straight up sociopath. So if that wasn't enough, um, sometimes he would say, so "Just so I'm not laughing at this this specific specific example. I'm laughing at like just the just the sheer what's the point?" Um, so sometimes he would make them lay down, and he would just straight up shit on them. I'm so just, sorry. That is just not what I was expecting you to say at all. Like that's. That's not good. No one wants to be shit on, either metaphorically or physically. Like, literally, no one wants to be shit on. But but just the way, I, I was just, I just not expecting that. What were you expecting me to say instead of being shat on? Just I, out I of curiosity. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> he's, like, genuinely torturing people. That's a power move, isn't it? Like, I don't know much yeah. about the shitting on people. I was going to say industry, but like the shitting on people fetish. genre, if you like. The fetish. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not something that I'm never going to delve into. Just, just, um, but I'm pretty sure it is like a power thing. Like to have, to be able to yeah. shit on someone is a power thing. So that's clearly what he's going for. But yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't, I just, I just don't know. If they've it's already just, given up their grim, life man. to be a part of your cult and your sort of religion that you've created, is there really any need to shit on them? You've already, like, metaphorically shit on their entire life. There's definitely no need to also shit yeah. on their chest. I assume it's the chest. Yeah. I mean, uh, with this guy, who knows? But honestly, who knows? It could be shitting on their face for all, for all we know. I, d- uh, I don't know. I, I've just got nothing. I've got nothing. Please continue. I've, I have nothing to say. Um, so in addition to to those two things, you would also slash skin with glass. And uh, men who are listening to this, please steal yourself 
He would also tie rubber bands around men's testicles until they left an affected wound. Um, that was also on the cards as punishments of choice. Ooh. Sorry, every man who's listening to this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even have balls, and that sounds horrific. Although, that is how yeah. they castrate sheep. Sheep, when they're castrated, they just put a rubber band around the balls, tight enough that they, they go dead and drop off. That's how they do it with sheep. So um, I, I don't know why that's relevant. I, I don't know what I'm why I'm saying that in terms just... of this conversation because obviously a human shouldn't have to go through that, but also a sheep shouldn't have to do it either. So you know, what are you going to do? Basically, it's a really bad way of getting rid of someone's balls. That yes, yes, that was an unintentional Amy's fact of the day. We could use that as a fact what of the a... day. <laughs> what a terrible fact! I think that goes <laughs> in at number I mean, one of the worst. It's, it's, I mean, it's it's in an awful way. It's related. It's at least it's relevant. Um, I mean, it's it's horrific. So, but it is true. So yes. what can you do? So that was but a taster of the uh, piece of shit that this man is, and we're going to get into examples that illustrate that in far more detail. Um, over time, Terry Holt's punishments would become far worse. Uh, for example, former members of the cult recall members being forced to break their own legs with sledgehammers as punishments. Uh, other punishments would include shooting each other, uh, sitting on a hot stove, or eating feces or dead mice. Uh, you could also prove your devotion and loyalty to rock, but that would mean cutting off a toe or a finger of a fellow member using wire cutters. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, f I feel yeah. like if, if you it, were to see very... me right now in real life, like there'd be like the the Microsoft loading symbol in front of my head because I'm I'm taking a moment to <laughs> to process that. Like it's... I just don't get what is he getting out of that? Like what what does he I, I... achieve by seeing that happen? I mean, worryingly, I think the answer is probably an erection. But even so, I was about to say he's just, probably getting off to just, it. No, oh god! Like why does it prove loyalty as well? Like, oh, you want to prove that you're loyal to me? Uh, cut up your finger. I don't know why. What? How is that related? So I'm, I'm very rarely rattled by serial killers. Obviously, by nature, because of what we do, I suppose you know we've become sort of able to sort of detach or become a bit desensitized. And you know, I watch, you know, we both watch a lot of serial killer documentaries and and all that stuff. So it doesn't really rattle me. I think like, I mean, the Robert Bedella stuff that I was researching when I was outlining that, that rattled me a few times. But this one, this is probably the one that's rattled me the most because I was just like, for all of this stuff, I was just like, I can't wrap my head around how a human being, human being is capable of doing this to people. I just, I can't, it doesn't compute in my head in any way, shape or form. No, I, I think for me, it's scarier when there's no, there's no like tangible benefit to the person that's making them do it yeah like okay he's saying it's to prove loyalty yeah. that you should cut off a toe or a finger um and it, it's punishment the other stuff is punishment but to what end you know what, what is the end game here and the simple fact is that there there really isn't one and that's what makes it so much more horrific is that he's having these ideas he's oh, getting uh, people yeah. to you know live out these ideas and do these things the majority of the time to themselves with no end game, like no goal, 
for that action. And and that is, yeah. I think, why this is so disturbing. I think all of this is just self-gratifying. He, I think like he just gets off on it. It's just, mm. this is this is his narcissistic desire to be pleased and desire to to have loyal followers that would do anything for him and he could inflict all of this horrendous shit on them and they would still they still wouldn't blame him for their for for the effect that it would have on them you know emotionally and mentally and and physically this is just him being like yeah i can do this and you know you're still gonna come back to me like this is just self-gratifying power play probably I i don't know if it's like a need to be to be loved I guess, like it, maybe he yeah. he sees this as a way of his followers showing him that they love him and that they believe in what he's saying. Um, but you know, asking yeah. and you know, asking someone to to cut off their own body part or to break their own legs or to do you know one of these things is his way of getting them to prove that they love him. But you know, there's there's a lot of things that people would do to prove that they. In in the words of Meatloaf, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. RIP Meatloaf, you are you are missed. Oh, um, I forgot he was dead. But no, it... oh, sorry, Meatloaf. <laughs> I, compl- um, I completely forgot he died. Meatloaf, ima- imagine him being like, "I wonder how I'm going to rem- how I'm going to be remembered," and it's just like some fucking random podcast talking about this horrendous man who just shouts him out. Yeah, sorry, Meatloaf. Oh, I actually dear. love that song. It's great, but I mean, it's it's true though. Like, it's I'm not. Such a good song. You know, there must be a point in these people's minds where they're like, "Okay, this guy has asked me to do some weird shit, but cutting off my own finger to prove that I'm loyal to him seems extreme." Yeah, definitely. Um, the abuse uh, didn't stop at adults. Um, children were also weren't were also not exempt from the abuse either. I also feel that it's important to remind you that as a religious necessity, Rock made it a rule that he had to personally impregnate every female member of the cult when she joined. Therefore, not only was he abusing children of the cult, he was abusing essentially his own children because he impregnated all of the women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to make it worse is it as if you know, as if it can be worse. Well, it, it might just, yeah, that might just have made it a little bit worse. Many of the children were sexually assaulted. Uh, others were held over fires. Others were nailed to trees, and the other children would throw rocks at them. One of Terry Alt's wives would leave a newborn child outside to die in freezing temperatures in order to keep him away from the abuse that he would suffer at the hands of Terry Alt, um, which is. Like, I can't imagine putting myself in that position and being the parent of a child and being like, it's better for you to die of freezing temperatures than die or get abused at the hands of your own father. That is something that I don't think I would ever be able to understand. No, particularly when it is the source of the abuse is the father of that child. Yeah. That that is just incomprehensible. Yeah. It's, it's so... I mean, not to yeah. like labour a point. I mean, you mentioned it a bit ago. Like we're both very into true crime. We obviously do this, so we read about it a lot. So it <laughs> and like me personally, I I watch a shit ton of horror films. I'm very desensitised. I mean, you literally called me the other day. I was watching Cannibal Holocaust, and we were laughing about it. 
not laughing about the film itself, but like you know, <laughs> laughing about the fact that I was watching it. You know, I'm I'm very desensitized. And it's very very rare that I'm I don't have something to say or I can't make a joke about something. But the fact that there is a woman is desperate enough that a child has come out of her own body and she'd rather see it die than suffer at the hands of this man says so much about how bad he actually was. Yeah. It's just, he's not a human. Like, I know that's very cliche, but there's the inhumanity that this man shows on a constant basis, you know, to children and adults and his own children at that is, yeah, it, it's just, I just can't wrap my head around it. Like, just, I just can't. So one of the most notable deaths in the cult was that of his own child, as we said. All of the children were his own because he, he fathered all of them. In one of his quote-unquote surgeries, uh, Terry would cut a child's penis in half and then had a male member of his cult uh, beat the child. Naturally, the child would later die of his injuries. Um, Terry would then punish the man who beat his child per his orders by castrating him make it make sense make it make sense no one can i mean like, there is no sense I, there like I just, there's, there's just nothing i mean like, unless this guy i'm sorry but this guy must be insanely fucking high all the time but th- that is the only sense that i mm. can make out of all of this is that he was like we mentioned that he had he had a drinking problem but maybe, I don't know, maybe he was on drugs. Maybe this whole fucking thing has just been a fever dream for him. I don't know. But that is the only thing that I can think of that would make these decisions yeah. feasible to him. Because that just, I just don't get it. I'm glad that I don't get it. It's, I'm glad that I don't I relate just, to this man. It's the person that I'd want to relate to least, I think. You know, at least of everyone that I've covered for the show. It, it's It's the person that I'd want to least. But I just... I don't you're 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 punishing the person who killed your child on your orders. I I don't understand. I I just don't understand. Unless he's high and he's forgotten that he ordered it. I I don't know. I don't want to try and come up with excuses for this I'm, guy. I'm, you know because th- there aren't any. It's possible. Yeah, I mean it's possible that he just got high and blanked out and didn't remember that he yeah, it it's possible. Um, so Terry would make an effort to return the commune to its original religious goals. Uh, he started to believe passionately in the idea of cleansing his followers by beating and whipping them while they were uh, entirely naked to cleanse them of their sins. Uh, as I alluded to earlier, uh, Rock would start performing rudimentary surgeries um, on his fellow members when they felt unwell, as, of course, because he came to believe that he was a holy person capable of curing others, because of course he did. His surgeries included circumcising children and adults, as well as injecting an ethanol solution into people's stomachs. Uh, guess how? Guess what percentage that ethanol uh, was, Amy? I'm going to go with like, so I'm basing this off of like absinthe that obviously is made for consumption. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think the maximum that is is like seventy five percent. So I'm going to go with like eighty percent. You're not massively far off. It's ninety four percent ethanol into people's. Stomach. Okay, so I am massively far off. Like 
That is only six well, I mean, percent away eight, from a hundred percent. That is that is yeah. only that is essentially a hundred percent ethanol into people's stomach. Well, um, so my question: like, uh, everything that he does, I'm just like, to, why? What What do you get? What are you yeah. trying to trying to achieve? Yeah. And and the answer is always nothing, which is I don't know. Yeah. It just makes this so much more confusing and scary. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Seventeen of the children were taken out of the commune by social services in 1987. However, and this is far more than mildly frustrating, and in a moment you'll hear exactly why, Terry Alt's aggressive actions went entirely unpunished. Entirely unpunished. Right. I'm sorry, I feel like I'm not really contributing anything to this episode because everything that comes up, I'm just like, (laughs) I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I don't understand that, why that's yeah. okay. But I don't think I. I just I don't think we can understand it. That's the thing. Like I said, I can't understand how a human being can can do this sort of things to another human being. I, I can't wrap my head around it. Um, so arguably, one of the most obscene deaths at the hands Terriot was um, Solange uh, Bullard's, I think. Bollard? I think that I think it's Bollard. Uh, Solange Bollard's death at the hands of Terrio, as we said, was arguably one of the most obscene. And that's because Solange only came to Terriot because she was complaining she was uh, suffering from a stomachache. It was just a stomachache. It, it was nothing major, just a bit of an upset tummy. Her uh, Terriot's reaction to this was to say, and this is this is some of the last words that Solange would hear in her in her life. Uh, Rock would say to her, "Quote: I'm going to treat you tonight." That were that was some of the last words that she would ever hear, which is fucking terrifying. Yeah. So in this procedure, I just want to mention this again: for an upset stomach, um, he would strip her naked and place her on a table. He would then strike her in the stomach and shove a plastic tube into her rectum to administer a crude molasses and olive oil uh, enema. He would then cut open her abdomen with a knife and he would rip off part of her intestines with his bare hands. Rock then had Gabrielle Lavallee, another uh, cult member, sew her up with a needle and thread and force a tube down Solange's throat so that she could blow in it uh, or blow through it. Um, just to compound this, all of this was done without any form of anesthetic or pain medication. Um, so rather unsurprisingly, she would then die in agony that night from the digestive fluids that would leak into her body and the damage done during the procedure. Yeah. Sorry. I I realized I was silent for a really long time. Um, just like taking that in. Uh, to make matters worse, uh, Terriot would claim to have the ability of resurrection the next morning. Um, so his his way to uh, resuscitate slash resurrect uh, Solange was to drill a hole into Solange's skull and then have other members, male members, uh, himself included, uh, ejaculate into the cavity. So, yeah, because that's going to bring her back to life obviously jimmy jizzing on her brain isn't going to bring her back to life mate 
And if you need telling that, then there's an issue. I mean, exactly. Like, like how how did the other male members of the cult, when Terra was like, oh, by the way, I know how to how to bring her back. We'll just come in her head. How did other how did the other male members not be like? Mm, I also, don't presumably, like I communication yeah. is pretty mm. fucking restricted because you have to have permission to talk to each other. So what do you do? Send out a fucking memo saying, guys, come over to my place. I need you to jizz in a skull for me. What the fuck? Oh, my yeah, God. Just... This, this whole thing is just fucking insane. Shockingly, I know, uh, Solange was not resuscitated slash revived um, slash reincarnated. And her body was buried close to the anthill kids community. Um, and to top off this just shit sandwich, um, and this is probably going to irk you, Amy, I'm not going to lie. Um, Terry Alt, following this, would start wearing a leather case around his neck. Do you know what that, uh, do you want to guess what that case contained? I don't know. Just tell me. One of her ribs. What? Fucking prick. How, like, how dare, how dare you? Like, how fucking dare you? That's probably one of the things that made, made me the most angry, like, when I was reading this up. That genuinely pissed me off. Like, I was so, yeah, I, I was just like, how fucking dare you? I don't, I don't know. So at the compound, uh, Gabrielle, who was the person that assisted um, Terry in the procedure, uh, would experience pretty fucking terrible abuse. Um, she would have eight of her teeth forcibly extracted, which is like I have dreams every so often where I lose all my teeth and it is the worst thing. I wake up in a cold sweat. It's fucking atrocious. So to have eight of it's your teeth of forcibly removed. Just so you know, um, that is not a fact related to the case. But I'm going to give you a, a random, I mean, I don't know if you can call it a fact, interpretation. But generally, dreaming about losing all your teeth is a fear okay. of aging. Yeah. There you go. Ah, I did not know that. I did bit not know that. for you. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Um, so having eight of your teeth forcibly extracted from your mouth just isn't, it's not a fun time. Uh, so in addition to that, she also had her genitals burnt by a welding flame and had a hypodermic needle break off in her back. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you you know yeah. it's bad when I've run um, out of sarcastic comments. I'm Yeah, I, I've used up most, uh, well, all of my quota at this point, I think. I can't think of any other sarcastic comments that I can say at this point. I just want to... I just want to repeatedly say that Rock Terriel is just a fucking cunt. Sorry, mum. I'm going to get moaned out for that. Yvette, but he I is support him on this. Just a fucking cunt. It's very rare that I take his side, but he's <laughs> great. I just, he's a monster. I know that's so cliche, but he's he's just such, he's just a monster. Um, so uh, Lavely was also a recipient of one of Rock's amateur surgeries. So Earlier, I apologised to the to the male audience for um, the tying a band around the uh, testicle thing. Well, apologies to the female audience on this one. Um, one of his amateur surgeries uh, would include treating a uterus prolapse by 
punching the organ back inside of her vagina and using a wooden cone to plug her up. Okay. How? How? Um, I don't. I don't know how this is gonna. Okay, number one, as someone with a uterus, I am not okay with what has just been said. However, I do have another fact. I don't know why I have so okay. many farm-related facts, but when a cow has a prolapse uterus, which is quite often the case after giving birth to a calf, it's generally forced back in with a wine bottle because that's the right size to get the, the uterus back to where it needs to be. So they ah. pop it back in with a wine bottle and then and then put a couple of stitches in to keep that in place. However, that is not how it's done with a human and definitely not okay in terms of this scenario. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I realise that the only facts yeah. I've given today are based on farmyard animals and their <laughs> genitals. So I apologise. I don't know why I have that knowledge. I just do. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's not that's not good. I mean, the poor woman's got a prolapse uterus anyway, no. which is I mean, I've not had one. Yeah. Is bad enough in itself. The fact that it's then not great. He's actually not a surgeon. I, yeah. You're a fucking liar. You're not a prophet, no. and you're not a surgeon. No, so yeah. why don't you just fuck no. off back to hell? Yeah, and you're a fucking piece of shit as well. And yeah, there were no there were no wine bottles involved in this, unfortunately. No. Um, no. The man just decided, you know what? I'm just going to fucking punch you in the vagina to get your prolapsed uterus back in place. And then I'm going to use a wooden cone to plug you up. What the actual fuck? <laughs> what the actual fuck? And I did hear the collective groan from women everywhere on that one. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's one of those moments where you're like, fuck, I wish I didn't have a uterus. Mm -hmm. So uh, Gabrielle would make an attempt to flee after... Uh, another round of torture in which Rock uh, had severed pieces of her breast and then bashed her head in with an axe's blunt end. Uh, however, she was unsuccessful on her return to the cult. Oh, it gets worse. It gets worse. Um, upon her return to the cult, uh, after she was unsuccessful on her escape, Rock decided to punish her by using wire cutters to remove one of her fingers, pinning her hand with a hunting knife to a table and chopping off her entire arm with a cleaver. What a fucking brave woman. Like, mm. to have that, I mean, obviously not, not the second part, like not the arm cutting off or anything like that. The bit beforehand, like having, I don't even want to repeat it because it's just horrific, but to have that sort of torture yeah. done to you and still have the strength inside you to even attempt an escape, just what a fucking heroine. Yeah. That's strength that I don't think I'll ever be able to to understand or even possess. I don't think I could ever be that strong, to be honest. Yeah, and, and thank God you'll never have to. You know, you, you'll never have to be in that situation. You'll yeah. never have to yeah. have to deal with that. Like, yeah, the fact very true. that human, there very was a true. human being out there that had to deal with that is just, it's just so upsetting. So in 1989, uh, Terry Alt was... Uh, arrested for assault after Lavely had fled the commune again and contacted authorities, uh, which effectively would dissolve uh, the anthill kid cult. Uh, provincial, prov provin provincial, provincial, province, provincial. I think uh, officials had 
uh, long-standing concerns about Terry Oak's cult because of the members' unusually primitive living conditions. But because the commune was formally registered as a church, officials were legally unable to look into the adults and were very limited to ensuring the welfare of the children. Ah, I just, I hate that. I hate that so much. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm not going to get into it. I could run all day about the negative impact religion has on situations, but I'm not going to. It's pointless. But yeah. So for his persistent abuse and assault of Gabrielle Lavallee, Rock would receive a 12-year prison sentence. Uh, The majority of Rock's supporters would abandon him when he was arrested. Everyone would disperse as soon as he lost direct physical control over them. Okay, not everybody, because throughout their liaisons, Rock would father four more children through prison visits uh, from the female members of the cult. So, and also, yes, people, for everything he did to Lavely, everything he did, he got 12 years, which is infuriating. Yeah. I'm I'm just done. Like I'm I'm very much at the end of this episode, and I I just don't <laughs> I just don't know what else to say. I've I've got nothing. There's nothing left. That's right. We're nearly we're nearly at the end. We're nearly there. I'm on page eight of my ten page outline. So we are we are on the home stretch. Um, uh, with Gabrielle's help, detectives were able to unearth some of the brutality and torture that took place in the commune, including thank fuck. Solange's murder. Uh, Rock was then given a life sentence after entering a guilty plea to second degree murder. I mean, <laughs> silver lining, I suppose. Thank fuck he got yeah. caught for that and was given a life sentence. Yeah, I mean that's true. It's it's good, but um, I know there's like a an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth part of me that's like, yeah, cut his dick off, pump him full of fucking molasses and olive oil and. Yeah. Skull fucking, like, yeah. You know, give him a taste of what he did to other people. No, hundred percent. Um. So yeah, uh, Terriel was relocated to the medium, medium, fuck's sake, medium security uh, Dorchester Penitentiary in uh, Dorchester, New Brunswick, in two thousand. Terriel was denied parole in two thousand and two due to his high risk of committing more crimes, and he would never, ever reapply for parole. Again, probably wise, because let's be honest, it's not going to be granted, is it? Hopefully not. Well, we'll 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 get um, to that right now. In fact, so 2011 would see the end of Rock Terriot's life sentence. Um, but before Amy has a meltdown, this was not as a result of a release, or not as a result of his. Uh, Pro being granted. No, this would coincide with the end of his life. And that's because Terriot was fatally wounded after being stabbed in the neck by his cellmate, Matthew Gerard. Yes, Matthew. Um, Yes. After the deed was done, McDonald. Fucking stab that bitch. (laughs) What a legend. I don't know why he was in prison. It was probably for something bad. Apologies. Uh... I don't think you should be released, but well done for just jabbing that fucking dickhead well done for you um so after the deed was done uh, mcdonald would hand 
two guards, the bloodied shid that he had fashioned himself, and stated, and I quote, you're going to love this, and I quote, that piece of shit is down on the range. Here's the knife. I've sliced him up. End quote. What a legend. <laughs> like he's, again, I don't know what he's in prison for. He might have been in prison um, for something so bad. It would... But just yes. I mean, if you're going to redeem yourself, do it by killing an absolute motherfucker. I mean, 100%. Um, so it would be a poetically grisly conclusion for one of the most abhorrent torch-loving creatures that Canada has ever known. And that is a wrap on episode 39. Probably one of the worst cases that I've done for the show. And I I've, I've, haven't done any of the big guns, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I've covered Robert Bedella, and that was pretty fucking horrendous. So, yeah, this was one of the worst. Uh, the the Just the abject cruelty of this sick fuck is almost beyond comprehension and to be honest it seems almost unfair that he lived for as long as he did especially when you think about how many people suffered um, at his hands amy (laughs) thoughts um i don't know i feel like my brain is doing that (laughs) that thing do you remember on like old tvs where you used to get the static where the channel ended for the day and it would just go you know, all fuzzy. I feel like my brain is doing that. Yeah. <laughs> because it just can't yeah. take in the information that I've been given. And um, yeah. I, like I say, it's so rare that I'm, I'm gobsmacked because I am very much desensitized to a lot of things. Like, you know, when you're into true crime, when you're into horror, you do become somewhat desensitized to these things and, and you kind of just sort of have like this barrier of not really connecting to them so therefore you're fine yeah but then when you realize i think a lot of the time that barrier is fiction yeah you know particularly with horror it's like okay well this isn't real and therefore it's not as scary as it could be because it's not real and then when you realize that actually these things are happening in real life and there's men potentially had like i know he said he was raped by fucking bears but obviously he wasn't like he probably had quite a normal childhood and he still grew up to be this absolute yeah. scumbag who did this to people who who trusted him. Yeah. And and they must have trusted him because they gave up so much to be with him and to be part of what he was trying to create. And he still turned around and did this to these people. It just makes you think it just evil's real and and yeah. that's scary. Uh, Rock Terriolt, people, the poster child for um, birth control, the face of birth control. I think, feel like this is a good time to talk about the Durex sponsorship again. He should be on a Come billboard. Come on, Durex, sponsor us. We're literally telling you why people should use your product. Glove up, because you do not want to give birth to this sort of person. No, not at all. We're going to get that photo that I put on Instagram and we're going to shove it on a Durex box and just be like, if you don't want one of these, then fuck it and exactly. wrap your tool up. Jesus Pull out Christ. method is not enough. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, so if you enjoy what we do um, here at Horror House, uh, maybe not so much this episode, but if you enjoy mostly what we do at Horror House, then please... Uh, give us a review uh, five star only I'm just saying um, but yeah 
uh, give us a, a, a wee little review. <laughs> They're not going to five star this one, are they? Fuck it up. So yes, uh, leave a rating, share the show, uh, give us a review. Um, and don't forget to follow the show on Spotify, on Apple, um, and on Instagram at horrorhouse underscore pod. Amy, would you like to do the honours and see us out for this episode? I knew you were going to say that. And now I have to, you know, collect myself, gather my thoughts to be able to do it. Um, no. I mean, I can do it. Come on. I'm a professional. Give me a minute. Ah. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for making it this far. <laughs> if If it makes you feel any better... I didn't know any of that either. It was all news to me and um, we've made it together. Just remember that you will never be as bad as some of the people yes. that we talk about, but particularly not this guy. Um, thank you for listening and we look forward to seeing you. Thank you. Stay spooky. Stay spooky, everybody. Stay spooky.